Well, welcome to the Simply Country podcast. We're so excited that you guys are here today. Um, please tell us who we are chatting with today. I'm Zoe, and I have Lad here. I'm Lad. Yeah, we're the owners of Roots Chips, and we farm in Aberdeen. Yep, Aberdeen, Idaho. And you can find us on Roots Chips on Instagram. Yep, and our website's rootschips.com. Wonderful. Well, and so you guys are a chip company. So tell us a little bit about your background story, about how you guys got started into farming and then how you guys made the move from farming into actually making a product that's packaged for the the consumer. Yeah, so we, we do farm in Idaho. Lad is actually a fourth generation farmer. So he comes from a long line of potato farmers and I did not grow up in the agricultural world. So I've learned a lot along the way, but I honestly can say that I've fallen in love with agriculture and our connection with the land and our opportunity to have our opportunity to have a hand in feeding so many people. And so Lad and I got married nine years ago and we moved to the farm and started farming with um, Lad's dad. And since then we've branched off and kind of started our own operation. And on our farm, we do farm a variety of crops. So a variety of potatoes, grains, alfalfa. And we approach farming with regenerative agricultural practices. So we really focus on soil health um, our, and we rotate our crops, use companion crops and things like that. And in a sense, I feel like we are just getting started because there is still so much to learn. And in farming, like you know, there's so much not in our control. Um, So it takes a lot of courage and faith and willingness to learn in order to keep going year after year. So that's a little bit about our farm. Yeah, and you want me to go a little bit about Roots Chips? Yes, please do. Yeah, so we love agriculture, it's real fun. We love doing what we do. But myself, I am not a big fan of commodity agriculture. So commodity agriculture is where you raise the crop, you take the crop to the local or the regional uh, buyer, whoever it is, and you're basically at the mercy of the commodity market. Not a big fan. So my idea, I think there's lots of opportunity now, especially where there's lots of regional interest or local interest, is if you have a crop that you can grow and if you can add value to it, Um, I think there's good opportunities for producers to vertically integrate a little bit, add a little bit of value, and maybe take a little bit of that money that the middleman does. So Roots Chips, the idea for that is we farm potatoes. Um, It's, you know, like Zoe said, it's a fourth generation farm. And we kind of do our own stuff. We have our own operation in addition to helping my dad. And so what we thought is, well, let's add a little bit of value instead of being at the mercy at the potato market, you know, just like the corn market or soybeans, wheat market or hay market, whatever it is. We thought, hey, we could add a little bit of value. And Idaho, everybody knows Idaho for potatoes, but there was not a potato chip company from Idaho. Who would have thought? Just blows your mind. You think, oh, Idaho potato chips. So we decided there was an opportunity there. So we went ahead and started it. And um, it's a lot of, I don't know how to cover everything, but it was a lot of work to get to where we're at. And we still have a long ways to go, but we've been blessed. There's been lots of good things. So we were able to just to, to add a little bit of value. We started Roots Chips. We processed our own potatoes off of our own farm. And um, then basically we've, we've been working with uh, regional, local distributors, stuff like that. And it's it's been good so far, a good learning opportunity for us. That's wonderful. And how long have you guys been producing um, your Roots chips? 
One year, just <laughs> over one year officially. That's so exciting. We opened our own operation here right on the farm. Congratulations. Yeah. So do you have the whole packing facility? Do you have all of that located right at your place or are you outsourcing some of that? No, we do everything. So we are in control of every step of the process from the farming to the production, to the packaging, to the distributing. We do it all. We call it a single source potato chip because you know where the potato chip came from and the farmer made the potato chip. So it's, it's kind of a cool and unique story that appeals to people. A lot of people really right now, consumers, they're really into food transparency, which I think it's good knowing how their food was grown how it was processed and stuff like that. So we want to show the whole process. So we try to do that through social media, um, Instagram, and connect a little bit with the consumer. Yeah, that's awesome. Have you guys thought about, this is kind of off the topic, have you guys thought about doing um, uh, like virtual field trips or actual you know, live field trips for students to be able to come and see from your start to finish? Because like you said, you have a really unique situation yeah we have totally thought about that and i think that's an excellent idea we've had lots of inquiries about that we're a small facility so it's not like it's not a big facility at all it's small so it's really hard for us to facilitate tours and stuff not with food safety restrictions and everything's a little difficult but in the near future when we can expand and growth is good and everything seems to be pretty consistent we want to do that we want to open up a little farm store sell local products from other producers and allow tours to, mm-hmm. um, you know, if, if we're able to expand a little bit in the future and have people come and see the process, yeah. explain about it, maybe even do a farm tour. I think there's great opportunities for that in the future, which we want to do. Yeah. So everyone time. keep that in mind. Come visit Aberdeen Idaho in <laughs> a few years. <laughs> there you go. I love it. You guys are yes. thinking big. That's so important. I love the way that you are also um, speaking a- pretty heavily about the regenerative um, farming. You know, like I was saying is that my husband and I always talk about how you have to think outside of the box a lot of times when you are farming and maybe the old ways or the traditional ways are not always going to carry us forward into the next step of agriculture. And so can you tell us a little bit about um, the regenerative farming and kind of what your take is and uh, how that kind of looks? Because maybe some of our listeners might not be familiar with that term. Yeah, um, absolutely. So regenerative, when I think of that, basically, I think it's when you depend more on nature and less on man. So everything, the dependency comes from nature. So what regenerative looks like to us, there's lots of, I mean, there's several pillars of regenerative, which is minimizing or eliminating uh, soil disturbance, covering the soil, protecting the soil, having a root system in the soil, adding animals, um, ruminants or whatever it is. So for us, basically we want to have the healthiest soil possible that will allow to have healthy crops and have a good rotation. So um, basically for us, that's exactly what it looks like. We minimize tillage, we have, and have eliminated tillage sometimes. And then we implement cover crops. So these um, just diverse cover crops that add um, diversity to the soil, increase organic matter, um and then we also try to keep it covered so here we have just crazy wind storms very often and so if you don't have your soil covered during the winter it blows i mean it blows probably to oklahoma so (laughs) you probably got some of that over there but so we try to do whatever we can to minimize erosion keep the soil healthy do whatever we can to improve soil health 
And in return, that allows us to have healthier crops, rely less on inputs, um, and in in essence, regenerate or make the soil healthier. That makes a lot of sense. So thank you so much for laying that all out for me. <laughs> well, perfect. Well, um, as we're speaking about farming, um, you know, it's almost gardening season for a lot of these people. And so what are your secrets, um, some tips, maybe just the stages of potatoes that you can recommend? I mean, I don't think I'm going to be planting a whole factory worth of roots chips. So I'll leave that to you guys. But if I wanted to plant some just in the back of my garden, what are some tips and tricks that I need to know about? Um, that's great. So we, um, we're kind of more on a commercial scale, but you can translate that over to a gardening scale too. Right. So depending, I mean, here in our area, usually we plant potatoes from anywhere of mid-April to May. And depending on your location, that'll be different. But usually we say when the snow's gone in the mountains, that's a good time to go. So um, obviously you want to hill up depth, appropriate depth or the best depth is about six inches um, for a traditional potato. And it, that depends on the variety of potato. And then as far as spacing, we space out our potatoes anywhere from 12 to 14 inches, the seed pieces. Um, and then I think a good tip for gardening is just to have a little bit of diversity. So if you can add a legume, some beans or peas or something around that and just have some companion crops, I think that would be very positive for you. And then as time goes, it'll grow. Um, and then usually um, you can harvest it as you go because you'll have different tuber sizes and um yeah so besides that i'm not really sure what else but yeah <laughs> yeah and while we're talking about potatoes growing potatoes potatoes grow in the ground they're a root vegetable and that's where the name roots comes from it's a play on words roots vegetable yep. roots potato chips so that's where we got the name i love it that's how and awesome. we like to do kind of unique stuff too so we consider ourselves a non-traditional stuff because we do unique flavors we do nothing artificial we have organic certified organic potatoes as well and then we do like purple potato chips so they're more unique stuff that people have really enjoyed and going into the future we would love to just kind of when i talked about vertically integrating or adding value we'd love to go from potato chips to doing something else with our other crops i think i think that's that's a real positive that farmers and producers can look at good opportunities i think a lot of good things can happen yeah and like you said your play on words for your business roots can be translated in so many different ways i mean that's just so family oriented and when you look at it in that sense but um anything that's just in the ground growing i mean you could offer gardening classes and there's so many different avenues that you guys can go so that's exciting for you guys to continue to integrate yeah. new ideas so tell us a little bit about um, what's your favorite part about this operation that you guys have embarked on within the last year or being a part of your farm for the last nine years you guys have been together? Um, my favorite part, um, I think it's just getting to work with Lad every day. We're constantly communicating. It has its challenges because we aren't able just to clock out It's work goes. 24 seven. So most of we laugh because we were just looking at our texts and everything's like if we're skimming through to find something and it's all about what's our next social media post? What do I say to this email? What do I do for this? It's all about the business, the farm, roots, chips. So I think that's my favorite part is getting to be involved together. And also your least favorite part because you want to yeah, have more time. Yeah, it is. 
<laughs> it goes both ways. Yep, yep. Yeah. Double-edged sword there. Yeah, it definitely is. A lot of times, because my husband and I also work together, and so we oftentimes, we're like cooking dinner, and we're like, okay, no more business. No, we have to talk about yeah. something else. <laughs> Got to shut it off. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Well, and so um, what kind of lessons would you have said that you have learned over the years? Like uh, regarding root, like our roots chips or just in general? Yeah, in general. What have you What have you learned that you think other people can translate to? Uh, their own business, um, farming and ranching, or just an outlook in general? Yeah, I have probably a long list of things I've learned. I used to work as a labor and delivery nurse. So for the first half of our marriage, I was working there. So the world of business, um, starting a food company was foreign to me. And I have learned a lot and learned about all the behind the scenes that goes into any business and my respect and um like my respect for different businesses, entrepreneurs has grown so much. And a big, big hurdle that we're trying to navigate and learn is being present as parents with our three small children. So we're still trying to learn how to do that, how to keep the business and farm running while still making the rhythm of life happen. Yeah, that's definitely a challenge for sure. Um, yeah, and I, I think that that's um, really important that you're taking some of your previous uh, experiences and then translating them and continuing to evolve and change and, and, and whatnot. So that's exciting. Good for you guys. Um, so what is your, you said that your passion has to do with um, starting your, your root chips company. And, and it's all a lot about being organic and transparent to your consumer about what your ingredients are. So can you tell us about your um, your types of flavors, what makes you guys unique, and kind of describe the chip to us, if you would, so we know exactly kind of what the chip will taste like. Yeah, you bet. Absolutely. So um, what makes us unique is a couple things. So we're a kettle potato chips. So we're a little crunchier. They're fun. They got folds in them. They just, they're layered. They're, they're, they're a funner chip, kettle chips in general, I think. So they got good crunch to them. We have some unique flavors. So first off, we do some, we do several different varieties of potato chips. We do a chipper potato. We do uh, russet Burbank potatoes. We do purple potatoes. So in and of itself, those three, they taste different and they're all fun potato chips. They cook a little differently. As far as flavors go, we have your traditional flavors, uh, but we also have some unique flavors. Like we have a tangy mustard barbecue, which is really good. Uh, we have a hot potato, which um, is kind of a play on words, but we really like that. We've got excellent feedback about it. It's a little bit more heat if people can handle it but it's great we like that um then we have the traditional ones just like your salt and vinegar your regular salted jalapeno stuff like that and in the future based on recommendations and feedback we'd love to add some more but right now that's our current lineup and that's a lot to take on too especially since you are a one one-stop company it's a lot to be able to manufacture a lot of different varieties so that makes a lot of sense where you have you you guys have already done such a great job on having a huge variety so clapping up to you guys <laughs> yeah you. So speaking of that we got in over our head too because we had i mean i think as a small business you can shoot yourself too thin mm -hmm. so we were up to like 30 skews we had a lot of skews and then we scaled back because we realized and in order to be efficient 
yeah. and more productive. We just have to have less SKUs. It's, it's too much to handle when you're a small business. So I think there's good lessons to be learned there. When you're small, you just have to simplify and pick what's working best. Yeah, exactly. And I love that you guys on your website, you are able to purchase um, a variety so you can you know, you can try a variety of different flavors or you can just pick and choose your favorites. So I love that you guys have um, given the consumer that option. Which one has been the, I, I know because I've seen some of your sold out signs on there so I can make a guess of which ones are the most popular, but which ones does your consumers have the best feedback for? Um, we probably sell most of that variety pack because people like to subscribe to that and get a variety of flavors. But our most popular, I would say, is sea salt and vinegar and our hot potato. Would you say the same? Yeah, yep, I think up? so too. We'll send you a sampler pack. <laughs> yeah, we will. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. And so you guys yeah. um, sell directly to the consumer on your website. Where else can um, people go ahead and purchase your Roots chips? So we're mostly just local and regional. Um, we're in, you know, very concentrated in Idaho, and then we're in several retailers in the surrounding states. Um, we have a store locator tool on our website that if somebody is closer, they'll be able to find it. But hopefully with time, we will grow and become more of a regional and, and maybe even bigger. So that's our hopes and dreams. Yes. We just got to make it happen. Yes, and time will help with that. <laughs> exactly. Um, so you guys are on social media and you guys are doing such a fabulous job. Um, Zoe, I follow you on your own personal page and then I also follow your guys' mm-hmm. business page. So um, being that you guys are on social media, you guys are sharing all about the growing process, um, especially about uh, you know what makes your business so unique. So what kind of advice do you have for someone who is just getting started and they want to share about their farming experience and maybe they even have their own pro- products that they would like to sell. What advice do you have for them? Yeah, for on social media, I have been sharing on our, our Idaho Roots page for about four years. So that's been a while. They're kind of my blog page, and I do share more there. And then we've been sharing together on Roots Chips for the past year, and it's been fun to do it together. But my biggest advice would to be to just go for it. Um, as farmers and business owners, we all are busy and sometimes social media feels like the last thing that you want to do or should be doing. Um, or And so it really does take some time and work and creativity, but social media is free advertisement for your business. So in my opinion, it's worth that effort, even when it feels like it's the last thing that you want to do or make time for. And I've really struggled with the ever-changing Instagram And I've had to put those feelings aside and ask myself, okay, what is trending right now? How can I reach more people? And if the answer to both those questions is making ridiculous reels (laughs) on Instagram, then you better believe we're gonna be making ridiculous reels on Instagram. So yeah, just show up, go for it. It's free advertisement and a way to reach people. I love that. I I think sometimes, Zoe, I feel like you and I connect on that of like how you almost get your in your own way when it comes to like the social media side of things because like you're like, oh, I just don't know if I want to show up that way or these reels feel so ridiculous. Um, and oftentimes I'm feeling like I'm making these reels, like especially with Ben, like I don't know, he just feels like he's a natural. He can like mimic the words and I'm like, wait, I have, let's redo that. Like I was off and it's so, it's, I get in my head so often. <laughs> Yeah, no, you do a great job. I love 
following you and all the content you're creating. Well, I appreciate that. And it's same with you guys. I mean, your guys, I, whenever your reel pops up um, with Roots Chips, I mean, it definitely is relatable. It's funny. It feels like a commercial that, um, you know, you just want to be a part of. So you guys do a great job on that. <laughs> That's great. That's a great compliment. <laughs> yeah, so keep it up, my goodness. Well, is there um, any lessons else that, or questions I might not have touched on that you would like to share with our listeners about who you guys are? Um, no, I. you did just barely with the last question was, though, you asked about any lessons for somebody that wants to start up a product, which I don't have a ton of advice, but I, just from my own experience, I probably have a couple of things that I could say real quick. Yeah, please First do. off, if you're going to do it, I think it's a great opportunity, especially if you're a farmer or producer and you have a raw product like a crop or, or cattle too, if you're looking at beef or processing yeah. beef or something like that. There's tons of hoops. But my recommendation would be first start on a small scale, figure it out on a small scale, test it with friends and family, make sure it's a viable product that people enjoy it. From there, you can go to the next step up, maybe look at a commercial kitchen. That's usually the next step up or something like that, some shared space. And then once you're able to start at a small scale, you got to go through all the regulations, whether it's the FDA or USDA ingredient labels and everything. And once you have that good, viable, consistent, quality product, then you can go to the next step after a commercial kitchen when you have some retail space or something like that and uh, and uh, look for a co-packer or like in our case where we're self-manufacturing. But I think it's great. It's an awesome opportunity. I've seen tons of people doing it, which is great. And I think there's tons of opportunity for more people to do it. So if you have a great idea, just go for it. Make sure you take the appropriate steps have some necessary cash reserves because you'll need it. We always budget, but it's never right. You're always under on budget. So um, yeah, just a couple things of words of advice for anybody that's looking at taking those next steps. Yeah, thank you so much, Lad. That was, I actually wrote that down. So then that way we can put it out there. You you had so many great steps right in a row that somebody can uh, go ahead and follow along and build their own. There we go. <laughs> So thank you so much. <laughs> well, we would love to um, see if how we can also continue to follow you and support your journey. Um, so please tell us one more time about where we can find you and support your chip company. Yeah, make sure to find us on Instagram. We're the most active there on Roots Chips. And you can see more behind the scenes of the farm and more about all of our chip flavors. And then our website is rootschips.com. And we have all our snacks size bags on there, the variety box we talked about. You can also subscribe to like monthly, every two months, every three month box to come. And we offer free shipping on those boxes that are subscription boxes. I love it. I love it. And then we have our yeah, store locator page if you happen to live local. And we have a lot of people who do live in those surrounding areas in Idaho, so I know that we'll be running over there. And shipping is just nice and easy, so people around the country can really try because Idaho is known for potatoes, so we can um, get an actual taste about what it feels like to be in Idaho. So thank you so much for that. Um, well, guys, it's been such a pleasure to have you guys on the podcast. I appreciate you. And we will be looking forward to all of the big dreams that you guys have coming out. So thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Thank you, right, Lord. Thank you. You're so welcome.